Hello, and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, joined by Dr. Storsbach. And as always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. And on today's podcast, we are going to kind of bring it back to the basics and go through um, what we would say is our framework for decision makings and for decision making for migraines and headaches. But uh, this this world of headaches and migraines can be confusing for a lot of providers. And for you, the listener, likely you're you're not a provider yourself. So. If you're someone that struggles with headaches and migraines, what we want to do is give you framework and sort of a lens that we look through uh, for decision making. And um, this is, uh, we're going to talk about where we feel medication is useful. We're going to talk about the different systems in the body and how they can uh, play into headaches and migraines and get a little bit of an idea of how we sort of check these boxes and make this confusing, complicated, um, debilitating pain and these symptoms that you have, make them a little bit more digestible and sort of in, in like a checklist pattern. Um, at least that's what we try to do in our mind to make it easier. And uh, so let's start with uh, kind of the overarching, like what are some assumptions that we make going into really anyone that comes to us with head or facial pain? Yeah, kind of our first thing we jump to is it's more likely the musculoskeletal system. So maybe an issue with the joints, maybe an issue with some muscle tension, some connective tissue that might be pressing down on nerves, which then ultimately sends the signal. But big picture is we're physical therapists, and what we've realized is a lot of pain is generated from the musculoskeletal system. Yeah, so as physical therapists, we get really excited when – the musculoskeletal system, musculoskeletal system, that means muscles, tendons, ligaments, joints. It's what holds our body together and allows us to move. That's what we, that's what we mean when we say the musculoskeletal system. And we get excited when this system is dysfunctional. Excited might not be the best word, but we, we like to treat it. We feel like we're the best equipped to treat it. And so, um, knowing that headaches and migraines can be caused from the musculoskeletal system having dysfunction, um, that's where we're like raising our hand and saying, hey, we, we've been trained to treat this system, so we need to step in here and, uh, and help figure this out. And so that's, yeah, that's kind of the baseline, like the low-hanging fruit and uh, the framework that we want um, really all providers to look at head or facial pain in is the neck that that should be like the let's check that box first and uh and if that's not what's happening which is rare but if that's not what's happening then we can try other things like prolonged medication use you know xyz uh, more of what's currently happening mm-hmm. but uh, so when we say musculoskeletal system, what's speci- what what's more specific than that? So like, what's the next layer? Well, yeah. So we first want to look at the neck, and more specifically, the upper neck, or the kind of the first couple joints between head and the first vertebrae, and the first and second vertebrae in the neck, um, and making sure those are moving properly. And if they're not, that could be a big, big, big reason that you know it is generating pain into the head and face. Now, of course, we also, as far as, you know, joints and muscles, we want to look at the jaw 
you know, how it moves. Is there clicking and popping? Is there any, you know, something going on with the disc? Um, And then ultimately look at shoulders too. I mean, everyone, you know, rubs that spot in the top of the shoulders between neck and shoulders, like, oh, this is always tight. We want to make sure we're looking there, um, you know, to see if there's any referral patterns happening from the shoulder and jaw. Now, I, I would just say, it's not always like cut and dry. So a lot of times these will overlap. So I like to think of it as an onion. And most of the time, if jaw and shoulders are, are definitely present as far as maybe generating pain, it could still only be one layer of the onion. And we still need to have to go back to the neck, the specifically the upper neck. Um, but we definitely want, as far as the musculoskeletal system, those are the areas we look at the most. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's look specifically at each of these areas. So when we say neck issues, neck pain, loss of movement, dysfunction in the neck, what uh, what's what's happening there? Maybe go a little bit into why that's happening, and uh, it, it may be hard for people to connect their aura or you know their light and sound sensitivities um, or this throbbing one-sided pain that they're having to just like a neck problem because maybe they don't have neck pain right right and that is common um so in the neck we have these joints i talked about and then specific nerves that exit between the neck vertebrae and those those connect to um, create a couple pathways the occipital nerve up the back of the head and then also those nerves go up into the brain stem where other cranial nerves lie And that's where we can get an overlap of the light sensitivity, the smell and sound sensitivity, uh, dizziness, auras. Actually, that's all, those are all controlled by other cranial nerves that run right next to this other trigeminal nerve that ultimately feeds pain into the head and face. So there's a lot of overlap there, but just as far as the neuroanatomy goes, it makes a lot of sense that it could start in the neck, send a signal into the brainstem. The brain's trying to figure it out and sends out a lot of signals down different cranial nerves, including head and face pain, but it could also be other things. Yeah. So yeah, that's referred pain. That's basically the brain confusing a pain signal, uh, both the location of it and then the type of sensation. And so we treat migraines primarily, and these are migraines that come with nausea. They come with light and sound sensitivity. Actually, we, we have a green room because green light, we have a podcast on this. Green light is uh, supposed to be sort of a calming, uh, more comfortable type of light for people that have light sensitivity. And so that's that's very common that we see that in the clinic. So we're talking about this migraine diagnosis. It's not a it's not it's not a migraine diagnosis with with neck problems. It's not neck problems that maybe you have migraines every now and then. It's if you've been diagnosed with migraines, this is how we would look at it. We would assume that it's your musculoskeletal system look at the neck, understanding that the neck can refer pain into the head and face and cause these symptoms. So the neck specifically, uh, we, we look at movement. So as physical therapists, we want to focus on restoring function and movement. And that's a little bit how we uh, differentiate ourselves from, say, a chiropractor that will focus primarily on alignment. 
physical therapist, we want to restore function and how people move. So when it comes to the neck, just real briefly, there's two joints that we want to look at. The first is the nodding joint. So your head sitting on the first bone, the atlas, should nod. And there's some other movements that go along with that, like side bending. The, the atlas should shift a little bit. But nodding's the big one. And a lot of people get stuck with this forward head position, whether that's from like whiplash injury or just prolonged poor posturing. And so that joint gets very irritated because it's not moving the way it should. And then we drop down to C1 interacting with C2. C1 is kind of shaped like a donut, um, and it sits on C2, which has this thumb-like structure. So that's the first bone sitting on the second bone. And those interact with each other by rotating, allowing us to turn our head. And they do about 45 degrees or half of that motion. And so that's very important to address. That, that mobility that's, that can be lost and likely is lost if you're experiencing any type of head or facial pain. That's just what we see all the time. And those two joints, they're challenging to evaluate appropriately. And that's why just doing some like neck stretches at home, are, it's going to be limited in, in how much pain relief you get from them because we need to be specific in our treatment approach to the upper part of the neck and these joints. So that's the neck. Let's talk about the jaw a little bit, maybe like the type of headaches that uh, we see that lead us to think jaw and then what, what we might do for the jaw. Yeah, a lot of these people will wake up with headaches in the morning, and that could be due to that bruxism or grinding at night. Um, and a lot of times they'll have more of a bilateral pain, not just that one side of the unilateral pain, where it's on both temples or maybe like in a wraps like a band around their head. Um, and so definitely when people start talking about that presentation, I immediately think, okay, we really need to get the jaw you know, involved here. And of course, some, a lot of times these people will say, yeah, I, you know, I have some jaw tension. I don't like going to the dentist. My jaw clicks and pops a lot, things like that. And then we definitely know we want to look at those joints. Yeah. Yeah. That, that pain in the morning. Yeah. You summed it up really well. And the jaw is, it's interesting because it's, it's one bone and two joints. So you have uh, both joints that are required to move at the same rate. And uh, for the jaw to open smoothly without those pops or clicks, they, both sides of the jaw need to be functioning um, at the same rate. And so if one side has tension pulling on it, if there's tension within the, the muscles that surround it, uh, or say like your head's shifted one way or the other, um, there will be sort of this pulling to one side. And so one side will be more restricted. And as you open, uh, let's say the right side will move smoother, the left side will have to catch up. And that catching up is where we get that pop. So there's several things that, that go on with the jaw, and uh, what we look at is how much tension is through the neck because your posture, the position of the head on the neck, uh, those will play into how much jaw tension you have. Uh, the neck muscles are going to directly impact how, how our airway looks and how our jaws functioning, so there's definitely implications with that. In addition to that, something that is not in our wheelhouse or area of expertise is what's called occlusion or how our teeth contact each other. And this is something where we would send people to like an orthodontist or a specialty dentist that can look at the jaw and improve jaw function, kind of reset the jaw based on bite. So improving bite. So when we bite down, the way our teeth contact each other will impact how much tension is through the jaw and will kind of assist or hurt the jaw based on if the teeth contact each other appropriately or not. And so that's 
what we look at with the jaw, and those are that's an area where we can send someone out for a different type of specialist. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about shoulders. What what do we look at with shoulders? Um, so we definitely want to look, uh, obviously just look at range of motion to see if it's normal, um, in all directions and there's not big compensation patterns. Cause just like the neck, you might be say, oh yeah, I can look left and right and everything feels normal, but you're not isolating that upper part of the neck. And same thing with the shoulder. There's specific, there's actually, the shoulder is very complex. It's not just one joint. There's several joints within the shoulder. And so we have to make sure everything's moving together. The shoulder blade itself is moving correctly. And then we look at the, the myofascial like trigger points. So that's like you can press on a tight, knotty area and it can feel very tender and likely with headaches and migraines, it can refer pain into the head and face. Um, so we really wanna make sure like, is that another referral point or like I'd say another layer of the onion like that is also causing more of this pain into the head and face that we need to address. Yeah, absolutely. So um, posture is a big part of that. There's several, there's a few muscle groups that sort of pull our shoulders forward. Uh, And as they pull forward, the shoulders will kind of rely more heavily on a few muscle groups that anchor on the neck. And uh, yeah, it's it's frequent that I have patients that come in and their head will be kind of tipped one way or the other. And what's happening is their shoulder dysfunction and there's a muscle called the levator scapula that's actually pulling on kind of like the the mid upper portion of their neck. And uh, so their shoulders now kind of anchoring and relying on their neck to hold it up because there's so much tension through this muscle. And so there's, there's sort of this side bend position that the patient gets comfortable with. Well, just below that suboccipital area, so right, right at the base of your skull, if you move down a little bit um, on the side of your neck, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see where I'm pushing here. But this, this spot here... Uh, can be really sensitive if you have shoulder dysfunction that is pulling on the neck. There's usually a little trigger point right there. Um, so we, we definitely want to look at the shoulders. The shoulders can directly cause that pain, that referral pattern in the head, but um, then they're, they're going to they're gonna cause more tension to the neck itself. So definitely something else we want to look at. And then we have the eyes. Um, so what's going on with the eyes? Yeah, a lot of our patients will come in and say, you know, just uh, at the end of the day, if I've been looking at the computer, my eyes feel very tired, or I kind of want to press around my eyebrows to relieve some pressure. Um, And when another cue in for me, if, you know, eyes are playing a big role, is these people will also tilt their head um, and kind of have one eye a little more forward than the other. So they're not using their eyes like symmetrically. And the other thing is if they get, if they have time off of work and immediately have improvement, I definitely want to talk about their screen time and their eyes because um, that could be playing a big factor. And when I say eyes, I don't mean just like prescription strength. Now, of course, that's important. We want you to be able to see clearly. Um, but what I mean is what's called binocular vision, like the ability for both of your eyes to work together to focus on an object. And things that become closer to us our eyes have to converge inwards or kind of think about like a mini cross eye. <laughs> they have to work together to converge and create one single image. Otherwise, if you don't do that well, you could see a double image. And that's called convergence insufficiency. We definitely always want to check for that. Um, there are some basic exercises because it is those, again, it's a muscular thing where the two muscles of the eyes need to work together um, that we can give some exercises. But of course, if it's a big role, we'd love to send them 
out to like an optometrist that specializes in vision therapy and can check those boxes. Yeah, absolutely. So as we're talking through this, um, a couple of thoughts I had. One is, you know, where, where does the role of like, so a provider like a nutritionist or a naturopath, that type of thing, that's also important. And uh, like getting your diet under control, having a healthy lifestyle with exercise, those are huge because oftentimes we see patients don't do as well with treating these different things. Um, so I just wanted a little plug with that. Uh, and then also a thought that each of these areas, so whether it's neck pain, the jaw, shoulders, um, and then the eyes. So these different systems playing into it, likely each of them might have a small role and one of them will have more of a major role. Um, if we catch someone early enough, then they probably, they could just have like one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oftentimes these systems kind of play off each other. So let's say it starts with the neck. Well, eventually the jaw will produce some issues and, and then the shoulders might tighten up and then the eyes will have to compensate. So all these things will kind of, um, they're, they're working off each other. They all work as systems that impact one another. And so if one of them is dysfunctional, that's likely going to add stress to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and just know that if you're looking, if you're, th- if you're thinking through this, uh, I would imagine that very, very few people with headaches and migraines have gone to the proper providers for each of these areas. So first off, I want that to be a source of like hope for you that it's not like if you feel like you've tried everything, it's rare that we have interacted with people that have tried everything and checked off all these boxes mm-hmm. um, sometimes, um, but likely not. And, and part of that is our our model, our, our medical model right now is heavily leaning into the realm of, of medication. It's pharmaceuticals. And so a lot of providers don't think with these systems and uh, trying to correct these systems. And so... Um, because medication sort of has the market on migraines right now, when, when does that come into play? Yeah. I mean, there's, there is always a time and a place for medication. And I do think as a short term option, it can be very good. Um, sometimes it just helps manage the symptoms a little more while we are working this process and working with this person. You know, if it's been very chronic and it's like you're in this patterned loop of chronic pain. Sometimes we do just need a medication to come in and help break that up a little bit. Um, But we always want to remember that medications are not ever treating the source and therefore should really be a short-term aid along the way. Um, And medications alone hardly ever take care of headaches and migraines. Um, And so you really have to look elsewhere, like, you know, starting physical therapy, look at your eyes, your jaw, all that good stuff. Yeah. And then if you're wondering, okay, what, what do we do? What does treatment look like on our end? If we're not using medication, um, what are we providing? And so that really boils down to what's called manual therapy. So it's hands-on treatment and that's, that's the bread and butter of what we do. That's, you know, 90 plus percent of where we spend our time and it's one-on-one. We feel like as providers, we need to spend that time with you. Um, and then it's really a factor of, of time spent with these different techniques that are restoring motion to the jaw or the shoulders or to the upper part of the neck primarily. Um, and it's sort of reversing likely what are years of restrictions and tension and, uh, and dysfunction through these areas. Uh, fortunately, we find that it, it only takes about a couple of months 
um, to, to go through our process and, and feel better. And oftentimes, even people that have had decades worth of symptoms within the first session can, can feel some relief, which is kind of fun. Um, it, we also use things like dry needling, um, different tools like that, uh, exercises specific to um, restoring and ma- maintaining function, improving stability of your neck, uh, improving posture, things like that. Uh, because we as a standalone treatment, uh, if we don't have buy-in from the patient, it's only so impactful. Um, it's limited in how impactful it can be. And so we need patient buy-in. So education, this podcast, um, educating people on, on, the, on headaches and migraines, where they come from, what's important to do, what's important to avoid. Those are all things that are, are really impactful. Um, but if you feel like you're doing all the right things and you need that manual therapy, that hands-on treatment, then it's time to, to reach out to us, let us know, or we can uh, work with you virtually and help you maybe find someone in your area. Um, all right. Any other thoughts? No, I, I love this one. It really goes back to the basics, which is, you know, we need to do, do that every once in a while. And so this is a good one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of the things we're trying to do is we are in Colorado Springs and we have people from around the country that uh, fly out for treatments and we are honored by that. Uh, we, we do want to, sometimes people interact with us whether on our podcast uh, or on social media and they don't realize we're in Colorado Springs. Uh, and so this is a call if you're, if you're in Colorado Springs and listening to this podcast, um, we are located in kind of the Mountain Shadows area just on the west side of town, and uh, we would love to hear your story. Reach out. We have what's called a free discovery visit, just a half an hour of our time that we give to you because we know how frustrating and hopeless it is feeling um, going through this this healthcare system and maybe being let down and um, not finding relief like you want to. And so we give you a half an hour of our time just to make sure it's a good fit. Uh, and that you are someone that we we feel confident enough um, should go through a process, and uh, and then we can move forward from there. Um, this is the Headache Doctor podcast, and we appreciate all our listeners. As always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening. <laughs>